My name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. On the podcast, lots of different topics we've covered over the years, over the many episodes. And uh, I remember one of the pro-life episodes we did a few years ago uh, with the national director of Priests for Life. And so today, I'm happy to have another uh, conversation about the pro-life movement I want to align this episode with the Roe versus Wade anniversary here in the United States of America, but also simply to uh, because of the March for Life always happens. And I think this is a great resource for young people that we're going to talk about. And uh, I'm very happy to be speaking today with Patricia Wiedemer, who is the executive director of the Prince Edward Island Life Association and also Life Canada. So she is really involved in the pro-life movement in Canada. And I'm excited to hear more from her today about her work and also about uh, a, a project that they have been working on, a comic book, a pro-life comic book called The Gift. So thank you so much, Patricia, for joining me today. Thank you so much, Father. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited to chat about a topic I'm very passionate about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And of course, working in the pro-life movement, you have to be passionate about it, passionate about life and defending life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think our paths crossed um, through Mary's Town, which is this mm -hmm. prayer network for Hollywood. And you were there and you're talking about it. And I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. I would love to uh, talk about it. And you were so kind to ship me also uh, a copy of the, the comic book as well. So that's how I became aware of the project. And I, I think sometimes people are like, Father, where do you find your guests? Like, how do you find them? It's like, we just cross paths. That's, uh, you know, virtually or in real life, or I see someone wrote a book and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to them about that. So so thanks so much uh, for, for joining me. And maybe just tell me a little bit about your pro-life story. So how is it that you became so invested in the pro-life movement mm -hmm. that you would become the executive director of two different pro-life uh, organizations in Canada? Well, I, um, <laughs> I'd have to attribute that to this is God's will. This, uh, it really is for me an, an aspect of deep of my faith of how can I serve best. Um, this is not everybody's case when it comes to the pro-life movement. But for me personally, I would definitely say uh, God has certainly opened this path uh, for me. My life was spent mainly in Germany. I moved to from Prince Edward Island as a girl to Germany when I finished uh, high school and a couple of years of university. Completed my master's over there, met my husband, had five kids, worked for the U.S. Army in the chaplaincy service. And that's where um, most particularly my faith started to really blossom. I became involved in education of the children and in the ecumenical chapel life that we had there. You had to learn to, to speak, um, if I may, a Christian language versus Catholic language and uh, uh, to be able to resonate with the people you're speaking with. Um, everybody wants good and everybody wants to work for good. And uh, when we uh, use our language, our examples, our events and so forth to bring out the good in everybody, it's a win-win all around. And that was a particular lesson that you had to learn in order to keep harmony with all the different groups working in the one in the same building as uh, anybody who works with people will, will know. Um, from there, in 2014, my husband uh, passed away and myself and the kids felt it was uh, better for us 
to move back to Prince Edward Island and not without a little nudge from God because every single door that I had thought should be open to me in on the, the European side was closed. It, there was no go in that direction. So I said, yes, Lord. And we came back to PEI and very pleasingly, all my children did as well. They, I have uh, um, a daughter and son-in-law now and three grandbabies. So the first, the older two have settled here. I have three younger, um, the one's finishing her master's the other's finishing her veterinary degree, and my son is in the Royal Military College in um, just outside of Montreal in Canada here so as a naval cadet, officer cadet. So they've all been found their paths, and, and this is for me a sign that this is where God really wanted us to be. Um, my journey here to this, to the pro-life, is um, came about when a young lady said she was stepping down and they needed someone to replace her, so I said... I'll take the job. And uh, I loved it, loved it right from the beginning. It was working with various peoples in a topic that was deeply related to my faith. Um, I strongly feel that this is the, the prime battlefront of family and marriage and life. Um, this is what many say in the, in the Catholic faith. And for me personally, I've seen it played out that all these things interconnect. So this is my heart, heart ground where I love to work and I love to help people be able to choose better, to choose life and to choose hope uh, in the many ways. So in the United States, uh, abortion becomes legalized because of a Supreme Court decision called Roe versus Wade. Uh, how does abortion become legal uh, in Canada? Was there a Supreme Court decision like for like it was for us, or was it a, a, a legalization matter through law? Or how how did the kind of the anti life agenda advance in Canada? Yeah, um, interestingly, uh, whereas the United States had a law that you wanted to take down, in Canada we don't have a law at all. We've got a, an, an infamous vacuum that we speak of. In 1969, so on or about the same time when these topics were being discussed in the Western world, Canada, Canada's path uh, started when Pierre Elliott Trudeau, the father of our present prime minister, um, opened up an exception to the law in 1969 on many different areas, but for our topic here today, he opened up the path that abortion could be permitted in the case of need. To determine the need, a therapeutic abortion committee should be established in the various hospitals, and that was what the law um, set forth. Now, because Canada is so varied and wide, not every hospital had these therapeutic committees. Um, it was restricted to the 12-week uh, time limit, and many of the women couldn't make it to a hospital in order to meet with one of these committees. So in 1988, um, Morgenthaler decided that this was unfair. He brought the case to court and the Supreme Court deemed it unjust on the basis of access. Not that the law was unjust, but that the, it was unfairly accessible to Canadian women. So they struck it down and put it back to Parliament to say, we need another law in Canada. This one is insufficient. So back to in the hands of Parliament. And that's where the matter has rested since 1988. There's been a number of different attempts. They failed in Parliament. The pro-life movement grew up substantially by working for the um, establishment of the law in Canada. We remain the only democratic country that does not have a law to protect the child in the womb 
throughout the entire pregnancy. So in fact, legally, it's it, the, the child in the womb is not even deemed a child. Real protection begins after birth. And anyone who knows the, um, the wickedness of the anti-life side, there's a lot of discrepancy and vile things that happen within that, that, that categorization of a child only being deemed worthy or uh, under protection as of full birth. Um, so that's where our Canadian law stands at the moment, the absence of a law. Um, the pro-life movement grew into different factions. This is similar to the US, that you have your legal uh, aspect, you have your educational aspect, and you have your pastoral aspect. Each of these can have different uh, various forms of activism or background work. Um, my area falls into the educational. So I fondly call us the, the, the smoke detector people. <laughs> the, we're not dealing with the ultimate crises. That's our pastoral people who are in the pregnancy care centers, for example. They're dealing directly with the women who need help right now, this minute, immediate things. The educational side is uh, what appeals to me mostly, that it's the uh, promotion of a culture of life. How do we attain that? How do we prevent crises from happening? How can we choose better for life? It's all encompassing from beginning of birth and now, of course, in Canada with the end of life issues, um, making us uh, more aware of the um, pervasive attacks on the vulnerable at that stage of their lives. So it's a broader uh, mandate, perhaps, that can fill in multiple areas. And then, of course, our legal side, they're the, the lawyers, the experts, and the parliamentarians in that area to get people into parliament uh, in order to vote for the laws, which the, our experts are working on. So that's a little bit of the, the Canadian landscape. Yeah, and you spoke about the educational component. And I'm assuming that this comic book, The Gift, yes. is one of those educational components. It's about uh, mm -hmm. raising the issue, especially with younger people, with teenagers, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, and so you have this comic book. I'm just curious, where did the idea come from, the inspiration to say, let's partner with Voyager Comics in Wisconsin <laughs> to create a comic book about the pro-life cause? Um, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that, that such a program or such a such a project could actually happen. Um, it really is um, a divine inspiration, if you so will. Um, the idea came because when I came on board in 2017, that's when I started become the as an executive director for PEI Life. Many of the things that we were working very hard at and very active at were not bearing the fruit. That, that should be uh, evident, evident, we should be growing, we should see that in memberships and numbers and, and people coming to the various events, and it was dwindling. There was a number of reasons for this, not the least of which is that the demographic landscape was changing so drastically. So from an active group in the 1970s and 80s, now we have senior citizens who are not necessarily going to go out on the street and so forth. So some of the traditional things that were, were which are very valuable and good, weren't bearing fruit correctly. So I had to ask the question, well, what, what would bear fruit? How do we reach today's audience? So it required a little bit of looking at, well, where are they at? You know, this is a, a fundamental um, uh, Catholic principle. When somebody asks about why do we believe what we believe, you have to meet them where they're at. So 
let's meet the people where they're at. This generation doesn't have certain uh, foundations or a worldview that many of our mothers and grandfathers uh, did. So what is their worldview? Let's meet them in that position and start working with them there, not to leave them in that position, but to bring them forward to, to reach better things and to choose better lives and to help people be more prosperous and, and joyful and healthy in their lives and thriving in family life and so forth. Um, so when we sat down and thought about different things, this was one of the ideas we came up with. Um, if we were going to produce another piece of material, it had to be able to resonate with, with the youth. So what are the youth reading? Well, number one thing youth read today is comic books, if they're reading anything at all. <laughs> um, because a lot, great majority of the work goes in the video sector. Yeah. Um, and that's very powerful as well. Um, each method is has its resources. So we looked at the storyline and uh, the story of Josh and Casey began uh, brewing in my heart. And my friend sat down together and said, let's put this down on paper. And it came to the story of what would a couple of really good kids um, to take away from your standard stereotype. Often people think they know what's who the target market is and what the pro-life movement is like. But when we, we say, no, we want, we want, you know, your atypical target market, if you wish, good kids come from good families, well brought up, have a good foundation, families will love them and everything like that. Um, what would two kids like this do if they found, found themselves pregnant? Would they even find themselves pregnant? Like, does it happen? Well, yes, it does. Um, so Josh and Casey became our high school basketball player and our beautiful uh, young Casey there who are 16 and 15 years of age. And uh, Casey wants to give herself, to, to give Josh something very special for his 16th birthday. They've been dating a year. They are absolutely convinced they're going to get married. Um, in the background story, uh, that I know in the comic book, we had to cut so much to get it in the comic book form. Um, the background story is that Casey's parents were married after high school, so they have a they have a real life precedent to say, in a couple of years we're going to be getting married. Um, so it's logical in their world to think that this is the way we should express our love to one another, and the world at large sadly says yes, that's exactly the the way you know true love must be lived out and. Now, we could talk long and hard whether that's true. And for the sake of the argument, I'll say, no, no, it's not true. Because it leads to so many other difficulties. And these the challenges that they have. The, the young couple finds themselves pregnant. And they're surprised. You know, the contraception didn't work. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, it's not as reliable as they thought. Um, this wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, my gosh. My mom, my dad, they're going to kill me. <laughs> they're, they're in panic. It's, uh, it's what two teenagers would would absolutely feel in that moment and now they're faced with the decision what what should we do um the uh reigning theme of today's world is choice so we said fine we'll take them by their word and we're going to offer the choice too the ending of the story has three choices and this reflects the reality of any young couple finding themselves pregnant unexpectedly. Sadly, abortion is the number one uh, offer they would get. 
the 99% would say, don't, don't, don't have the baby. We can look after that. So if, if they were just looking, that's the first answer they'd find from the generic public. Um, second option is they could place the child for adoption. So we have in the story, Casey's aunt had a child way back in her day. And uh, Casey says, well, she had to give up the baby. And we learn in the story that, well, we don't speak in those terms today. We say placing, it's a gift of giving the child into another family to care for. Uh, we have open adoptions, semi-open adoptions, and so forth, various, it's changed quite a bit. And the last option the children have is the um, option to parent. Each of these options has challenges, and um, I don't like to use the word benefit when I'm speaking of an abortion, but the immediate sense of relief, I don't have to look after a baby, my problem is gone, is a, is a, is a fake sense of, of uh, accomplishment in this. And it comes back to bite the young, the, the young couple, because Casey learns later on in school about human development and realizes that her eight-week-old uh, fetus, embryo, however they degraded this problem, was actually a real baby. And she's deeply devastated by this. So that part of the story deals with, with how can you find healing from this. So when we got our story mapped out and to uh, decided how it was going to um, end and what do we want to emphasize in this story, uh, we began looking for artists. We found none in our immediate area. And by chance, uh, over Facebook came an advertisement from Voyage Comics advertising one of their latest editions called Carlo Acutis. And it was, a, as you know, the story of Blessed Carlo is a teenager. And the drawings on this book were fantastic. It, it, it just uh, overwhelmed me of how accurate and real this artist and this publishing house was able to capture the world of the teenager. And I immediately said, those, those are my guys. I want them. And uh, when I talked to the team, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, they're never going to uh, uh, take us. They, they, they work with big name companies. Um, but I thought, you know, what the heck? Shoot them an email. Um, it, it can't hurt. And when I spoke with uh, Philip and his team, it was... Uh, uh, a match made in heaven <laughs> in this regard. Um, they have a particular uh, ethics. They want uh, Christian stories and they focus on that particular area. So they had a standard that they wanted to maintain. And we had the standard that we wanted them to be a pro-life. We wanted the artists to be um, sympathetic and positive for our cause. Uh, it would be very difficult to work um, harmoniously if you had someone who didn't believe in the pro-life cause. So that's why I say we were made for each other once we uh, discovered uh, what we needed to talk about and who the, what the story was about. They said they loved it and were very pleased to take us on. And so our journey began. Uh, a world of, uh, oh, I had never done anything like this before. It was completely new uh, and thrilling, quite thrilling to work with them. I'd recommend the company a thousand times over. Well, that's wonderful. And yeah, there were different aspects of the story as I made my way through the gift, this comic book uh, about the pro-life movement, a pro-life message, a story here. Uh, you know, the first thing that really struck me was that the the hesitancy on the part of the, the male character, 
he he didn't necessarily want to have relations or whatever. He raised mm -hmm. those questions, which I think a lot of times maybe in society we would think it'd be the the male that's pushing for mm -hmm. engaging in relations, but here it is. He's actually pushing against it. He realizes yeah. what's gonna ha what could happen, and and that's something that I always advise young people, whether it's something uh, along this line uh, in terms of. Pre potential pregnancy with bad choices of engaging in sexual relations outside of marriage, or, you know, even if it comes to alcohol, for example. So, you know, here you are, you're drinking alcohol. Well, you could be going off to college to play sports. You're going to lose your sports mm -hmm. scholarship, you know, like making one bad decision could change mm -hmm. the trajectory of your life. And that's really what you're reinforcing here. Um, yeah. and especially with these three paths. So mm -hmm. you have the path of, okay, choose the abortion. Well, that drives a wedge between these two. They thought they were going to get married and now they barely talk to each other. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. it could be the adoption component, how they come together there, you know, so by choosing, um, but you know, the, also then having the child, raising the child mm -hmm. as a family, him being a provider and working, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it really, kind of paints that picture of what that would look like. Yeah. And uh, and so that's why I, I really appreciate it, I guess, about the gift, about the comic book, is that it's pretty real and, and you're putting it out there. And, um, you know, what happens is a young person reads this and they're going to have to make a decision about their life mm -hmm. and the choices they make and what they do. Yes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because we really wanted to reflect that uh, Josh has got every aspect of becoming a wonderful husband and father. He's he's concerned about uh, Casey. He wants to do what she wants. She he wants to love her. Uh, one point in the story, when and the third option with the, uh, um, parenting the child, um, he says out loud, "I'm going to quit school and I'm going to go work." And his own dad says, "Oh no, you're not." <laughs> if you want to be a real father, you, you've got to have an education. So, you know, you're going to have to find a way around this. Um, Josh is 16. He doesn't know how to be a father yet. He's too young. And the fact that he's already displaying the concern and love that he has for Casey um, is, is beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. And the fact that Casey, too, is both of them say, like, it's you and only you that I want. You know, their desire for one another, their love for one another is absolutely beautiful and tender and young at this point in their lives. Um, what they desire is not, I wouldn't say morally wrong, acting on it at this point in their life. That is where their error of judgment comes in, because they don't understand what this gift means. And hence the name of the comic, uh, The Gift the gift of human love, the gift of family, the gift of marriage, the gift of adoption, the gift of, um, of parenting, of becoming father, mother, all these things are wrapped up in our decision to give ourselves in this way uh, to one another. Josh and Casey, their timing is completely off. And um, it's not because their desires are wrong. They're just not ready to act on them yet. And this is something fundamental that we do have to understand in our faith as well. Um, from a Catholic perspective, then speaking, that we would use that opportunity, that scene in the comic book to say, well, what other choices could they have had? 
were they, you know, perhaps in a situation what we would refer to as an occasion of near sin. They were alone. The room was dark. They were in love. It was his birthday. There were so many elements pressing in on them where they thought, you know, it was premeditated exactly casey knew this and she was uh, she was willing to to act upon this in this way so there were a number of things there where she could have said no you know or sought counsel perhaps uh from her mother or uh, someone else trusted in her field even the girlfriends if you look at them in the scene where they're she's telling them her plan in the bathroom not all of the girls are ex so excited about this the one's looking at her phone rather skeptically there and the other's like aren't you worried about this or that and you know she's blowing all their fears to the side saying no no it's all gonna be good it's all gonna be great what could go wrong <laughs> you know? and um not only do teenagers say this but but we adults as well say this what could go wrong and uh when we when we should be a little bit more cautious and reflect back on the, the teachings of our of our family and morals and uh, I would say again the, the Catholic perspective although this is not written um, for just a Catholic audience it has to be resonate with anybody part of also that and I put a caveat in there is that not even our Catholic youth have been taught well enough to be able to to discover these things and say oh this is why we learned you know, that uh, waiting is better or marriage is something significant and different than what the world says today. Um, so these are all opportunities within the story. We left it in its um, in its uh, condition like this, where one might say, yes, but what about abstinence? Well, that's a very good question. What about that? So sit down with your youth and talk about this. How would this story have unfolded? What would their relationship be like? Would they still be together? had they chosen not to engage in intimacy at this point in their life? What if they'd waited only three or four years and got married then? What would have been an absolute joyous occasion of announcing we're pregnant? <laughs> now is a very different situation in their lives. Um, so there's several points in this story. Another one which I could bring up is the um, one of the fathers in the story asks Casey, uh, would you like to talk to a pastor or a priest about this? Yeah. And Casey turns away and says, I don't want to talk to God and any or anyone about this. Um, so there's an opportunity, like, why not? What's going on in Casey's heart where she says, I can't bring this to God? Um, how does she view God? Um, does she really believe God could help her? How would God work in, function in a role like this? Uh, from again, from a Catholic point of view, you could say, well, we're, let's talk about the sacrament of reconciliation. If you don't have that, our Protestant brothers and sisters, well, can you bring this issue to God before him in prayer? Um, what about someone who doesn't have a faith background? And we chose that path uh, in, in our example that the uh, counselor gives them an offer of, of a place to memorialize their child. Yeah. See, in an abortion, there is no grave. There's nowhere to remember this child. And so the, the planting of the tree, it's one of the methods. There's several methods that people use, but this is one where you could plant a tree and see it grow and thrive and flourish. And remember, my child's memory is not dead. And they name their child. They give her the name Olivia, which means peace. Again, one of the gifts that they're given um, because they've learned to forgive themselves and each other for what they've done and to live on, not forgetting the memory of Olivia, but remembering very well that they have a daughter 
and her her life was not in vain. Um, this is important for us to to reconcile and be at peace and understand. It makes us better people to uh, owe up to the things that we have done in life and to clearly avoid and caution others from going down paths where we know this will bring grave harm for the child in this case. I mean, it, for little Olivia, it meant death. And for Josh and Casey, it, it meant this lifetime of knowing that they've ended the life of their baby. Yeah. The grandparents, they've lost a grandchild, they've lost a niece, and, all the, and by extension that we all suffer when somebody chooses this path. And um, young couples need to be helped and uh, assisted through this crisis, not to make those kinds of decisions that are going to affect them their whole life long. So the comic book is out and young people probably have gotten it in their hands. They've read it. I guess, mm -hmm. what's the reaction of the young people who have already read the story of Josh and Casey? It's been wonderful. Um, the first thing that they love is the graphics. So absolute uh, five-star review to Voyage and to their artist, uh, Bruno, who did the work on the um, the design and so forth. It's a team effort through and through whenever you... and. The, have dappled in these kinds of things because it goes from the, the master drawer then through the path. Um, but definitely they are the masters of their trade. And we wanted it to be able to compete with whatever else is out in the market. So it had to be what I call Marvel comic level. But on that level where the youth are going to say, hey, what is that? I want to look at that. And that's the first thing our young people look at. Um, so they'll pick it up and they'll start looking through it. Um, love the idea of it being in a high school. They find that very real and uh, relatable of what's going on, that these kinds of relationships happen. Um, the storyline, what the youth really appreciated was the fact that we did illustrate the three paths that they could take. Um, they simply hadn't put them all together in, in the youth's mind. Often it's only one or nothing, kind of the black and white <laughs> phase that uh, the, from their development. But here they see that, oh, my gosh, there, there were more options in here. In fact, they were there were better options. Um, they've brought back wonderful reviews, would like more. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, we've got another story in mind for next year. Um, wow. I'm very pleased with with that. Uh, they've been candid as well. Um, not everyone youth has been um uh, of a Christian orientation. Uh, they thought that was done well, that it wasn't um, written from a religious point of view, but from a very neutral point where they, um, the class that we were working with, some of them were very ardent Christians, others were, had no, no background, they uh, come from a very different culture. Um, so they were, they were very positive on being able to relate to the story and contemplate. The other thing they liked is about is reading it before anyone's in that kind of a situation. Yeah. But they've already got some power there and words of empowerment, encouragement, not only for their for themselves, should they find in that position, but also for friends and neighbors and to be able to speak out on that. And I'm sure they will um, amongst themselves. And that was the whole purpose of the comic, to be able to get them to do that. So this uh, comic, The Gift, you graciously sent it to me all the way from Prince Edward Island. But uh, how could somebody get their hands on a copy of it if they live in the United States? Um, I direct you immediately to Voyage Comics. They are the sales representative for us in the United States. 
Uh, if you go on their websites, voyagecomics.com, uh, you will see it on there. Um, the other thing for the Canadians is that they can get that through us or pro-life groups. We are going to be distributing, um, we are raising funds right now to supply Canadian uh, parishes, schools, youth groups, uh, pro-life groups with 50,000 uh, copies. That is our goal to wow. raise funds to uh, provide that free of charge to our groups so that everybody can get hold of this comic. We don't want any group to say, well, we can't afford it. So many of our smaller groups don't have the resources and this shouldn't be a hindering block um, to getting quality up-to-date resources uh, for the youth of today because only by authentic materials with authentic messaging are we going to actually begin to engage in a conversation um, that deals with this long before the crisis breaks out. One other item that I can mention here too is we have a teaching guide for the gift. That's going to look well. Uh, I got my screen share on on here. <laughs> it's got. It looks uh, looks like the front of um, the comic. And when Neil and I sat down and looked at the the storybook, we wanted to offer youth leaders a resource. How can I discuss this with my um, with my community group, my confirmation class, my sports group, whoever might be deciding to do it. Also for parents who would say, you know, I love the comic book, but gosh, I don't know what to say to my kids or even how to begin the conversation. I'm not an expert in this field. And well, you don't, you don't have to be an expert. Um, you just have to have some good questions and, and start talking. So this, the teaching guide goes over some of the very sensitive topics that when why didn't we speak on directly on abstinence as one of the options um clear reason for that is that you can't speak about an unexpected pregnancy without engaging in intimacy so that had to happen in this story but it is an opportunity to speak with young people well could there have been another alternative altogether um the issue we spoke of on forgiveness well how do we find forgiveness is this an issue where we need to be forgiven um all those things are open-ended questions in many youth's lives what about adoption what are we doing for our young people to know about the advantage of gifting another family um with a child there are so many who are anxious for uh, adopting a child in our world and uh, this, this is a great, great thing that Josh and Casey do in this story. Um, the option about parenting, it is possible. Uh, just because a woman has a baby doesn't mean your life is over. <laughs> you know, you feel that way. And that's one of the lines the, uh, Casey's mom says to her, your life is not over. It's changed. And each of these decisions changes the life of the individual, uh, the young mother, the young father, the grandparents in the story, and most certainly the life of the child, um, who is the most vulnerable in this story. So uh, these are some very real and deep questions that we need to ask because we live in a society where this is treated quite callously and even very degrading and uh, offensive to life itself when we offer abortion as uh, as an option with, with a seemingly consequence-free because it's not and all choices are not the same yeah well definitely uh, a big congratulations to all of you and kudos to you at prince edward island life and also uh life canada 
because I think what you've done is you've brought the pro-life message to a new market. You know, like there's only so many videos you can watch or leaflets that you can hand out. Like you've mm -hmm. actually told an engaging story. And so mm -hmm. um, th this is something that I don't think has been done in the pro-life movement before. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're really uh, kind of being a pioneer there. You know, John Paul II used to always talk about expressions of uh, the new evangelization with new ardor and <laughs> methods uh, and everything like that. So, and it's so interesting too, to think that, that comic books really, in a sense, had gone by the wayside for the most part, mm -hmm. but then they, they've come back. And so it's kind of yeah. mm -hmm. reviving an old medium uh, for a new generation as well. So great work with the gift and people should definitely go uh, and share this pro-life story with groups of young people in their life. Thank you so much. Um, it was it was very much on our heart to appeal to that. What what's going to work with this generation? Now, maybe in fifteen years, it's going to be something different. And it doesn't negate any of the other wonderful things that people are doing. We need all different areas of work because people are different. Uh, what works for the one may not work for the other. Um, this is a way to engage them in a young, uh, young phase in their life where they're asking these kinds of questions to do it in a way that they can take it and be seen with it at the same time. Um, anyone who looks at this comic book will see that will be simply interested in the story, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life uh, on this. There's something in it for everyone to look at. Um, it's not offensive in character, design. Uh, this is why we're using the word comic book versus graphic novel. It falls into the graphic novel kind of a category, technically. But the word graphic imagery in the pro-life movement conjures up a very different thought. These are the abortion victim photography. And our comic contains none of that. Um, the reason being is it wasn't essential for the story. We don't need to speak on that uh, aspect of the atrociousness of an abortion. Ours was to reach the, the youth before it comes to that point, to understand that there are more choices here in life than the, the immediate one presented by the world at large. There is a greater good to be had, and, and they can choose that. For me, I wanted to see Josh and Casey stay together and be together mm -hmm. and be mm -hmm. a family. You know, that's what mm -hmm. that's what I was cheering for as I read the, the comic book. So, yeah. well, uh, thanks so much, uh, Patricia, for joining me today to talk about this new comic book, The Gift. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely you said that uh, there's another story that's brewing and uh, yes. mm -hmm. looking at that story and seeing what that story will tell and um, how that will captivate audiences uh, with the pro-life message too. So, so thanks so much for your good work and your dedication to the pro-life cause and movement. Thank you so much. It's been a delight and uh, God willing, this is gonna be a whole series of wonderful comics and topics that to challenge young people on life choices that's the name of the series so uh, look forward to it. you can get it in the u.s uh, through voyage comics and if you're listening from the canadian side you can reach out to us at peilife.org or lifecanada.org uh, websites are all up ready to go and uh, send me an email and tell me what you think and uh, how we can get some comics to you and if you'd like to support the cause of course uh, we are charities and it works because the nation decides that we want quality materials to speak life to our youth today. And this applies to us all through the entire North America. And I'd go as far as the whole world. 
everybody wants life. <laughs> well, God's blessings to you on the work you're doing. And uh, yeah, may all these uh, desires and wishes you guys have to share this story and more stories to come uh, really come to fruition. So thanks again. Thank you. Take care. God bless.